Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Marnie's Friends, the online training show where experts share insights into aspects of life and leadership that take you from surviving to thriving ASAP. Right now, you are about to discover practical, doable success strategies to shorten your learning curve, increase your productivity, and skyrocket your delight in life. Be sure to thank today's guest by sharing this program via your favorite social media outlet and swing by Marnie.com and give me a shout out too. Now let's get going with today's episode of Marnie's Friends. Hey everybody, this is Marnie and you are in for a fun treat today. If you are buried in paperwork, it's time to get organized for maximum productivity and there's nobody better to teach us how to do that than Kathy Pow. Kathy is a life architect creating blueprints for clients seeking a path to a more purposeful and productive life, and she loves helping busy professionals overcome overwhelm by decluttering their schedule, space, and mind so they can focus on what matters most. Get a pen and paper ready or open your computer notepad because you're going to want to take notes. During the next hour, you're going to discover three top reasons why people pile Five decisions we can quickly make with anything that comes into our lives so that we can stop creating piles of postponed decisions. What Kathy's decision of, or definition of clutter is, some low-tech must-have tools to help you process paper and information as it comes flying into your busy life. Six questions that will help you make quick decisions about what to keep and what to toss. Three tools you can use to more effectively delegate things. Three things that will help you remember important follow-ups at the right time and what solution you would have for the number one reason why people don't put things away. Okay, we're going to welcome right now our guest, Kathy Powell from orgacoach.net. Welcome to you, Kathy. Thank you, Marnie. It's great to be here. Well, and it's great to have you, and you are the girl to help us kind of figure out how to get to what's important and get rid of the things that are cluttering up our lives so that we can really focus well. You actually have three top reasons why people pile. And when you when you say pile, maybe give me a picture of what that looks like. Well, imagine an office where you walk in and the credenza has uh, piles and piles of paper all over it and the desk is covered with papers. And once you run out of surface on countertops, it might even move to the floor. And uh, I've been in offices like that, and uh, it can create havoc in people's lives when things get out of control like that. Now, some people claim that they know where things are, which pile things are in, and so forth. But once you get enough of those going, it really gets difficult to manage it. Hmm. And why do people do that? Why, why the piles? There are three primary reasons that I've discovered. First of all, we're just overwhelmed with the volume of things that are just flying in at a frenetic pace into our lives. And we just don't have the time to deal with everything that we're bombarded with. So uh, there, there's some solutions for that, but that's, the, that's one of the reasons. I've found that the number one reason is a fear of never finding it again if you put it away. Let's say you file it away <laughs> in a file cabinet. If you can't remember where you put it, you're going to be kind of scared to file it away. So 
Uh, that's number one. And then the number two reason that I've found is a fear of forgetting to follow up with something that's important, out of sight, out of mind. Uh, so you say, I'll just set it here for now, and a pile is born. And once a pile is born, um, it's kind of like dirty dishes in a kitchen sink. It's just so easy to add just one more thing to that. So those are the primary reasons that I found, the overwhelm, the fear of never finding it again, and the fear of forgetting to follow up. You know, I really get the fear of never finding it again. That used to just plague me because I didn't have a system that really worked for me. And so I would spend so much time looking for papers. Is that common? Well, yeah, it's very common, and I am a highly organized person, but I had the same problem until I was introduced to a system that I've been using since 1996, and it has not broken down over time. And I'll be sharing that system toward the end of the call. Oh, so, so cool. So what are five decisions that we can quickly make in the moment about anything that comes into our life? Okay, so I've got, I've got this pile in front of me. Help me, help me dissect it. So whether it's mail that's just coming in or um, even email, you can use this process for both paper and electronic information. And um, these are five decisions that you can quickly make with anything that comes into your life so that you can stop creating those piles of postponed decisions. So here are the five questions that you ask yourself, and it's important to ask them in this order. And these are in the notes too. So if people are writing this down and you don't get it all, don't worry about it. Uh, the first one is, can I toss this? And if it's electronic, let's say email, can I delete this? The second question is, uh, if I can't throw it away, can I give it away? Can I delegate it to someone else? And if you can, then you do that. And in email, that would usually mean forward. Uh, the third question is, do I need to do something with it right now? Drop everything else. I really need to handle this right this moment. And very seldom is that the case. The fourth question is, can I do this if it requires action? Can I do this later? And in most cases, you can do it later. The two questions you ask yourself in that case is, what's the next action I need to take, and when am I going to do it? And um, if you are using email, there's a wonderful reminder system, I'll mention that in a few minutes, uh, that can help you to remember to do it later. And then the fifth is, do I just want to file this away for future reference? No action needed now, but I don't want to throw it away. I want to keep it. So those are the five decisions. Toss, delegate, do it now, do it later, and when, and file for future reference. Well, that all seems pretty simple. Um, and I, it sounds like you're going to give us some more hints about how to actually succeed at following up on the, the different things later um, what do you find for yourself? Is there like a percentage? <laughs> Most things go into uh, one of these more than the others. Well, 80% of what we receive uh, is not beneficial to keep. And one of the challenges that people have is not throwing it away. They, I know like my husband, he comes home and um, opens the mail and he's usually sitting on the couch when he does it, and he opens the mail, and his important stuff is all mixed in with his stuff that he's going to throw away. When I open the mail, uh, I'm usually at my desk, and I have a recycling bin and a trash can and a shredder, 
And I have all of those things right here. So instead of setting it down in a pile, and I still, after 35 years of marriage, I haven't taught him to do what I do. <laughs> so I've, I've uh, let go of that. Um, but, you know, if you if you have your things nearby, like your recycling bin and your garbage can and your shredder, then you can just do that. If it's something that you want to throw away and it needs to be shredded because it has sensitive information, you've got your shredder right there. So you're not setting it in a pile to deal with later on. So 80% of what we receive can be tossed in most cases. That's a lot. So how do you actually define clutter? Well, uh, as we sort through things, it's really important that we identify what's cluttering up our lives. And my definition of clutter is a little bit different than most. Here's how mine goes. Anything you own, possess, or do that does not enhance your life on a regular basis. In other words, although clutter can be environmental, like papers, uh, it can also present itself in the form of thoughts, activities, and even relationships in our lives. And most people don't think of those other forms of clutter. Uh, but I've got an example I'd like to share, a story about a client that beautifully illustrates how these different forms of clutter can feed off of each other. So if we have time, I'd like to, to share that story. Yeah, yeah, now it's good. So um, for four years, my client volunteered to be the chairperson for an annual charity auction at her son's private school. And several years ago, this activity had been very important to her, but her son had graduated and he no longer attended that school. And she had also recently remarried. So her priorities had changed quite a bit, and she no longer wanted to give leadership to that auction. Well, the school talked her into chairing the event for yet another year, reminding her of what a great job she had done in the past, appealing to her ego, and also reminding her that nobody else could possibly do the job as well as she could and that their budget relied on a successful auction. So they were also appealing to her guilt, which is kind of not fair, but sometimes when people are asking for volunteers, they appeal to ego and guilt. So... In this scenario, um, it was filled with several forms of clutter in her life because the activity was clutter because she no longer had a desire to do it. By saying yes to this, she was spending a lot of her evening time away from her new husband. So this was also adversely affecting their relationship. Remember I talked about relationship clutter. The husband's not the clutter, but the activity created (laughs) some issues in the relationship. Um, as chairperson for this, the last four years, she also had boxes and boxes of auction-related things taking up precious space in their garage, thus creating clutter in their physical environment. And the thoughts in her head also did not enhance her life on a regular basis because um, she would have felt guilty if she'd said no, but now she was feeling guilty that she wasn't spending more time with her husband. So her thought clutter created a no-win situation for her. So in this case, she had dealt with, if she had dealt with her thought clutter, choosing to honor her priorities over giving in to the guilt ploy and agreeing to chair the auction, she would have been able to declutter her schedule, her space, and her mind. So you can see how these different forms of clutter really do feed off of each other. I love that example. 
on so many levels. One of the phrases that I've learned years ago that's really changed things for me is whenever I say yes to something, I have, in effect, said no to something else. And I I used to not be able to. All the time. Yeah, I used to not be able to say no because it felt so bad. Like what you're saying, you feel guilty. Like, how can I say no? They really need me. (laughs) But then when you realize, oh, wait a second, I am saying no. I'm just not saying no to the person who's guilting me right now. I'm saying no to the person who really needed or who I had a commitment to originally, like a husband or a child or something like that. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it makes it a lot easier. But I love the example in the clutter zone where it is true that one area of clutter does absolutely overflow into the other areas of our life. And it all begins with our thoughts. If you have thoughts that do not serve you, you're probably not going to make as good a decision as if you get those thoughts in order. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg. We're visiting today with Kathy Powell of orgcoach.net. Wherever you logged on, you can find the notes for the show today and some great uh, stuff that she has to offer for you there. Otherwise, you can check her out at orgcoach.net. We're going to come right back after break and talk about low-tech must-have tools as well as six questions that help you make quick decisions. We'll be right back. Leaders across America rely on womensevents.info to find the major Christian women's events coming to their area. Womensevents.info is the only online directory of its kind featuring all the upcoming major Christian women's events. You are invited to search for events coming near you or to add your own major Christian women's events. Everything's easy and accessible over at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and we are talking today about how to get unburied from all of your paper, how to get organized for maximum productivity, and our guest, Kathy Pau, is teaching us how. Uh, She is the orgcoach.net guru, and she's here to talk to us about how to get organized. Right now, Kathy, you are about ready to share with us some low-tech must-have tools to help us process paper and information as it comes flying into our busy lives, so take it away. Well, first of all, I love having a stack of three-by-five cards. That's about as low-tech as you can get. And um, <laughs> Or if you have scraps of paper, I, I like to recycle paper too, so you can cut up paper into smaller size uh, little note paper. And the purpose for that is we come up with these long to-do lists, and the to-do lists are not necessarily in any particular order, And they're also hard to organize according to priority. If you have one idea per 3x5 card, you can sort those cards by priority order. You can um, put them aside, and I'm going to teach you about a tool. Remember, the fourth decision was, do I want to do something with this? But later on, um, you can put those 3x5 cards in a system that will remind you later on when you want to be reminded Uh, The second tool are labeled stacking trays, very low-tech again, (laughs) no-tech. And the labeled part is really important. I recommend um, at least three stacking trays for most people. Incoming is the top stacking tray, and that's where the mail goes until you have time to make one of those five decisions that we talked about in the first few minutes. 
the middle tray is for outgoing, and that's for things that you're, if you have the luxury of an assistant who takes things out of your office when you delegate them, uh, you might have a tray that has your assistant's name on it, or outgoing could be outgoing mail. So as you're doing things at your desk, uh, you're, when it's ready to be mailed, you stick it in the outgoing, and then you grab everything in there when you're on your way out to stick it in the mailbox. Um, in other words, it's it's stuff that you've decided, get it out of here. I'm done with it. <clears throat> and then the third are tools for sorting as you decide. And I mentioned some earlier, a garbage can, a recycling bin, a shredder. I also recommend a giveaway box. And uh, that is for either delegation or donation. I I generally don't like selling things because then it stays in your environment and I've found a wonderful tool that values things that we give away. So if we have items that are worth something to somebody else, but we just don't need them anymore, whether that be clothing or furnishings or office equipment or, or you know, any of that, um, if we donate that to charity, you can use a tool called It's Deductible. And um, it's a Intuit. Um, it's uh, tied in with TurboTax. And it um, helps you value things that you donate. So you can save quite a bit of money in your, um, on your tax return. And it just helps you keep all of that organized. And I find that I make more money from doing that than I do trying to sell it, uh, sell it on eBay or at a garage sale or whatever. And that stuff takes so much time. So I really encourage people to give it away uh, rather than sell it unless it's really worth a lot. Those are my three hmm. low-tech tools. <laughs> okay, go back to the labeled stacking trays. So the top one is incoming mail, the middle one is outgoing oh, mail, and the bottom one? I forgot. Yes, the bottom one. The bottom one is two-file. And that's oh, where, file. remember, the fifth decision, The when we were going through those five decisions, the fifth decision is, do I just want to save this for future reference, in which case you're going to file it away. And you don't have to get up and file it right then. I encourage you to do your filing at least once a week. Uh, but um, you can put it in a two-file stacking tray, and you have the tray labeled for that so you know that that's, that's the purpose. Unlabeled stacking trays get people in trouble because it just becomes another surface to pile on, and that pile means nothing. Mm, yeah. Yeah, and I love the giveaway charity box. I have I have one or more of those <laughs> going at all times, and it is so uh, so freeing to just put that into the box and just know that okay, as soon as I go there, that's gone. Uh, it's just yep. it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, great. Okay, so do you have any kind of a and maybe we're going to get to this too, but do you have any kind of a tickler file where you have uh, like the days of the month or the months of the year, anything like that, so that things that are time sensitive. Are we going to get to that this hour, or how do yes. you do that? We're, we're going to get to that. Okay, very good. We'll just so. keep on plugging away there. So um, I think next is six questions that will help us make quick decisions about what to keep and what to toss. So then we're talking basically about decisions one or um, – Well, it's decision well, number one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, basically um, just can I talk. throw this how away? So. Right. Here are six questions okay. that you can ask yourself to make that decision because that is such a hard decision for some people. And, again, these are in the notes, so I'm going to go through them fairly quickly. The first question is, what's the worst thing that could happen if I threw this away? And yeah. if the answer is absolutely nothing, well, what do you choose to do with it? Um, 
Second, if I threw this away now and I discovered that I needed it later on, could I fairly easily replace it? In most cases, we can find a lot of things online or uh, they're just places that we can find information if we do throw something away and we, we realize that we need it. Uh, third question, by the time I might need this, will it be obsolete? In this day and age, <laughs> things become obsolete real fast. Fourth, uh, if my office or my home burned down, would I miss this item or information enough that I would actively seek to replace it? <laughs> and I think that that question really can help people let go of things because you go, yep, you know, if I Probably never not. saw it again, <laughs> I wouldn't miss it. <laughs> uh, Love it. Fifth question, and this is a really important one too, does it have tax or legal implications? And um, you might, you know, using my definition of clutter, anything you own, possess, or do that doesn't enhance your life on a regular basis, you might initially say, yeah, you know, I turned in my tax returns uh, several years ago, and uh, that really doesn't enhance my life to keep that anymore. Well, if you got audited, it might. <laughs> so, right. Uh, right. you know, you, you've got to look at the tax or legal implications, and that's the one time when I encourage people to err on the side of keeping it if they're not sure. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, and then this is my all-time favorite question. How will it enhance my life to keep this? Not will it enhance my life, but how will it enhance my life to keep this? And if you can't find any way that it's going to enhance your life, including legal stuff, um, then it's cluttering up your life. Mm. Pretty simple. Yeah. So uh, I was recently with some brand new friends. So. Uh, it was kind of an odd situation, and we became friends. And I ended up staying overnight at their house as well stranded, and stayed overnight at their home. And as we're talking, find out that me and the wife uh, went to the same junior high school. And wow. she's like, "Oh, wow, that's amazing! That's amazing!" So she said, "Where is that uh, junior high school uh, yearbook?" So and I was shocked that she still had it, but she she thought she still did. And he said, "You know what? That went out with uh, with stuff that we got rid of about a month ago. Remember that whole batch of stuff? I think it was in there." And he he verbalized in that moment. He goes, "Just another reason why we have to save everything from this moment forward." You know, but the reality is, you know, I mean, she's been saving that for what now? Thirty uh, some years, just in case she might meet someone that she went to junior high with, and then we could look at the picture for 10 seconds and laugh. But um, I was actually pretty happy, Kathy, that she didn't have it. (laughs) But the reality is that it is hard. It's harder for some people than others, but it is hard to let go of something that you think you might possibly need that in, like in this situation, you really couldn't replace. I mean, that's something that's not going to be readily available. How do you talk somebody off the ledge (laughs) when they want to keep every last thing? Well, first of all, I never tell a client that they should keep or toss. I don't like the word should. It's a victim language. Uh, I ask, what do you choose? And it is ultimately their choice. I do guide them through some questions to help them choose a, a good choice for them. And sometimes there's just so much emotional baggage tied up with things. Um, so I had a client once that I I helped her downsize. She'd moved from Florida to Seattle, and the climate is very different. 
uh, in the summer, uh, we have cool summers in the in the Seattle area, and in Florida it was hot and humid. And she had over 50 house coats. I didn't even know what a house coat was. Um, so it's like <laughs> old ladies wear. So um, anyway, she had over 50 house coats that she had brought with her from Florida, and she had left a whole bunch behind. But she would moved from a 5,000-square-foot home into a little dinky one-bedroom uh, apartment in a um, progressive care place. And she did not have room for much of what she'd brought with her. And as we were unpacking her things and I was helping her put them away, I don't do that kind of work anymore, but many years ago when I was doing that, uh, she um, she just was having such a hard time letting go of every single thing. Well, her husband had died about a year prior to that, and she was grieving a lot of loss. She was grieving the loss of her husband of over 50 years. She was grieving the loss of her friends back in Florida. She was grieving the loss of uh, her home that she had shared with her husband for many years. And I could go on and on and on, you know, all the familiar places that she used to shop and, and all of that. And so I just felt like, this is not the time to ask her to let go of any more things in her life. So I suggested, what if we were to put these things in storage? Let's, To the best of our ability, let's choose the things that you think will enhance your life in the next year in your apartment, and let's put the rest in storage. And I'll come back in a year. We'll take everything out of storage, and you can look at it and you can see if you missed it. And if you did, we can figure out how to incorporate that into your apartment. And maybe there are things that you choose to keep in here that uh, you haven't used in the last year and, and that you are ready to let go of. Uh, but let's, you know, let's put that off. And she thought that was a great idea. And a year later, I went back, and she was so ready to let go. But at, in that moment, it just wasn't the right time. So sometimes... Uh, what's going on in our the rest of our lives and all the other things we've had to let go of, it just makes it really hard to let go of one more thing, even though logically it made no sense for her to have 50 house coats. She just wasn't ready to let go of those. A year later, she realized she was never going to wear another house coat again in Seattle. So <laughs> it was too, too <laughs> <Not> cold. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Well, and it's so true. We actually did a similar process like that in our home. We went through every closet and drawer, and we put in stuff that we thought, you know, I might need this, but I just don't know. I, I just can't decide if I'm going to. We boxed it all up. We put it in storage. It was amazing. We just never missed it. I think I went for two things. You know, it was like we never missed it. And it's we have just in our homes, in our lives, whether it's paper or stuff or like you even say motions, um, serving us well. And it just pays to take a little time and, and to think about things before you let more in. We're going to take a quick break and come right back with our wonderful guest today, Kathy Pau. And her website is org. Coach.net. We'll be right back. Do you ever need a guest speaker? Or maybe you're a speaker who's available to go. Check out womenspeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world since 2002. Connecting thousands of planners with over 1,300 speakers. 
Speakers are available to you from every state, denomination, experience level, and fee range. You simply search when you have time, anytime, day or night, and connect directly with the speakers that interest you. No middlemen, no hidden fees. It's all simple, easy, enjoyable, and online. Check it out today at womenspeakers.com. That's www.womenspeakers.com. And welcome back to you. This is Marty Sledek. We're talking today about how to get organized for maximum productivity. And our guest is Kathy Powell, a life architect who finds her greatest joy and power in equipping busy professionals to live the life of freedom and fulfillment they desire. Her website is orgcoach.net. Welcome back to you, Kathy. Thank you, Marnie. We are going to now discuss three tools that can be used to more effectively delegate things. And, Kathy, I just have to tell you that especially with the gals that I work with most frequently, which are leaders but oftentimes entrepreneurs or solopreneurs or in small businesses or in small ministries, this is really a tough one. Uh, We like everything to be done right, and we like to – retain a lot of control. And so this delegation piece oftentimes comes up in, up in discussions. So this is an important part uh, for you to share with us here, some tools that you've found that really help people to delegate things. So I'm going to focus more on the tools right now, and I want to refer people to a blog that I've written about effective delegation uh, that gets into some of that hard stuff. Uh, Great. Especially if you're, you know, a re- I'm a recovering perfectionist, um, and I I can be a control freak, and I've learned what is really important and what is good enough, uh, and that's and and there's a whole lot more about that in my blog, uh, but I've got a link to that in the notes. So um, right, I think right. a few tools that are helpful. One is to just have a delegation log. If you are delegating to a number of people, you may have a fear that you'll forget who's doing what and when it's due back. And, you know, if it's a project, it might have five internal deadlines built into it, you know, for check-ins. And if they haven't checked in, you you need a system to um, track it because if you're ultimately responsible, the buck stops with you. So even though you've delegated it out, you've you don't necessarily, if you have really high trust with somebody, you might be able to just delegate it and trust that it's going to be done and you don't have to check in on them. Uh, but until you have that kind of trust, you, uh, you need to track it and just you know, make sure that it's progressing along. Um, so a delegation log is good if you're delegating to people. And uh, if you don't have the financial resources to delegate to other people, I encourage you to consider bartering. Uh, Bartering is a wonderful way to get some things done so that you can focus on the things that you enjoy doing the most and are your your best at, and uh, you can delegate things that maybe you're not as good at or that you just don't enjoy doing. Like I'm really good at cleaning a house, but I don't enjoy it. So I delegate that to a house cleaner, and uh, and I pay him to, uh, to clean the house, uh, but if I if I couldn't afford to pay him, I would consider bartering that out. Uh, the third the the third tool are systems, and there are so many wonderful systems that we can delegate to. And I'm just going to give one example, uh, just so you can see 
where I'm going with this. I make a lot of appointments with people, and I use a tool called Time Trade. It's an appointment scheduling tool that saves me a lot of time when I want to schedule an appointment with someone else, and I don't want to have to do the back and forth email or telephone or message tag, uh, you know, where you send them three dates and a week later they get back to you and say, well, this date works best for me. Well, by then you've already booked that with somebody else or you've held all three dates and they don't get back to you at all and now you feel like you're wasting your time. That's frustrating. So I love Time Trade. It's a link that I can send people to. I can put it on my website. I can put it on Facebook. I can put it anywhere I want. And when they click on it, it links to my calendar. Now, you have to have an electronic calendar for that to work, uh, but it links to my calendar, and it links to the times on my calendar that I've chosen to tell Time Trade that I'm available. So it works really well, and it saves me so much time. It sends the other person a reminder that we have a call coming up, and if they need to cancel it, there's a cancel button in there so they can cancel it, and then it comes out of my calendar and I get an email saying that they canceled it. It's a great tool. So there's so many tools like that that we can delegate to. I love it. Let's go back up. We're going to come right down this list again here. Let's go back up to the delegation log. Do you okay. use a database like an Excel for that or what do you personally use? You can use an Excel spreadsheet. You can uh, Whatever works for you. Some people uh, use online tools. Uh, there's, um, I've been using a tool called uh, um, Asana, and uh, there's another one called. Uh, I'm just redoing my website, and I'm um, my web designer is using it. It's Boot. It's not Boot Camp. It's Boot. I I can't remember it. <laughs> um, it might be Boot Camp. It actually might be Boot Camp. I don't. Think it is. I can let me just look okay. here in my email. Yeah, but, that's a, that's another um, one that does that. It's is it called boot camp? Um, I'm looking at what she um, she she just set it up for me, and we can both be in there, and it keeps track right. of everything in one place. And so those are that's not a, a log per se, but it's it's a way to keep track. So there are so many tools out there. And if you are looking for a tool and you don't even know if one exists, just Google and see you'll see stuff mm-hmm. come up. Truly amazing what you'll find. So Yeah. Uh, and for both this one, the delegation log and the systems, when you're looking, if it can be compatible with your own calendar, that is amazingly helpful. Um it's yes. not I remember when I first used it, and I use a system for number three there where you have a time, you use time trade. I use something called Super SaaS. But uh, what, what these, I was afraid that it would let everybody see my whole schedule. Like <laughs> it would be too no. vulnerable, but you're not. Yeah. It's very, no. very discreet. It just shows what's available. And as soon as you have something come that fills that space, all of a sudden it's not available. So it's That's very right. much something that you can manage. And what, I, what I've loved about these, especially when I've been managing three businesses for the past, you know, 10 years, um, I can get at it. I don't have to be at my home computer. And that was one of the things that really was frustrating for me for several years was that I couldn't get at things when I needed. And now everything's in the cloud. Everything's online for us so that no matter where you are, even if you're talking to someone in a bus or something, you can just pull up your phone and have everything right there. Just love it so much. Do you use um, – you, you were talking about your web, web designer. 
you know, most of mm-hmm. us are in this situation where we have many, many people who work with us in varying different uh, capacities. And what's beautiful about some of these tools is that they work for everybody. Um, us, like a delegation log, that works for that can work for everybody. What I love about the idea of like a spreadsheet is that you can sort. You can sort by due date. You can sort. You know, you can sort by name. You can sort by all kinds of things, uh, categories. And so the spreadsheets are so beautiful. Um, what is Asana? Is that the same kind of a thing? Um, that's a place. The other one is called Basecamp. I, I just looked it up. Basecamp. Um, there we go. And um, Asana is a place that I, I'm working with a social media person right now, and she went in and she she designed Monday through Sunday. Um, she said, here, you know, put in a quote, an engagement question, a video on this day. On this day, you're going to do this, this, this. You're going to promote a webinar, blah, blah, blah. So she put the structure in there. My webmaster, um, I'm I'm creating the content, I'm giving it to my webmaster. My webmaster is putting it in Asana by date, and then she's publishing it to my social media for me. So it's, you know, it's what I created, but I'm not doing the back end stuff. I like to delegate that out because that just bores me to tears. So it's it's great because um, my social media person created the structure. My webmaster has done the back end stuff. I get I love to write. So I get to do what I love to do. So that's a good example mm-hmm. of, uh, and we're using Asana. All three of us are in there so we can see what's going on. And my social media person, and I'm bartering with her. I'm coaching her, and she's helping me learn how to do more social media. Um, so, you know, those those are great um, ways to get things done. Yeah, so when I'm working with people, and in just a moment I'm going to have you share the title of that article, the blog article that you wanted to share with us here too, just in case somebody doesn't have the notes. But um, when I'm working with people on this delegation piece, the question that I like to ask is, what are the things that only you can do well? And what are the things that you could delegate and someone else could do well? Because there's some things like, Kathy, you're the only Kathy there will ever be. (laughs) We need you to keep doing what only Kathy can do uh, to help the rest of us. And then those things like like what you're talking about, the things that you have delegated, it's so great because it frees you up. It frees up enough space in your world to do the things that only you can do. So what is the name of that article again, the blog post? So, well, if you go to orgcoach.net, and that is O-R-G, like organization, orgcoach.net forward slash effective hyphen delegation. That takes you right to the blog. So you can go read my blog article about uh, some tips on effective delegation. Excellent, excellent. Well, we're going to take one more break here and come back and talk about three tools that you can use to more effectively. Oh, sorry, we just did that, three tools. We're going to talk about three things that can help us remember important follow-ups at the right time, as well as the number one people that, a reason that people have for not putting things away. And we'll share a little bit more about Kathy's work, too. We'll be right back. ready to experience your best life possible and share biblical success principles with others register for the spy coach certification program today 
SPI or SPI stands for Success Principles Intensive. It's a six-hour online program that equips you to fully comprehend and train biblical success principles. You can check it out today over at Marnie.com. It's available as part of the mentorship program, or you can buy it as a standalone certification program. Learn more now at Marnie.com. That's M-A-R-N-I-E.com. Well, welcome back. This is Marnie, and we've been having a great hour today with our guest, Kathy Powell, and she is an organization guru as well as a life architect, so she goes way past just organizing your papers into how she can help you have a more enjoyable life. If you want to check out her website at org, like organization, org chart, orgcoach.net, and right now we are going to talk about three things that will help us remember important follow-ups at the right time. And Kathy, I think of everything, this is one of the things that gets lost in the shuffle if there's not a good system in place. It certainly does. And remember the number two reason that people pile is a fear of forgetting to follow up. So if you don't have a good system in place to help remind you of important follow-up at the right time, you're going to be likely to try to keep it in your field of vision. I've seen bulletin boards where people have stuff you know, posted all over the place. That's called wallpaper. You know, when, it's, when there's so much of it, it just becomes wallpaper. And it's not very attractive wallpaper, by the way. Uh, <laughs> and, and then, you know, or the other is to pile it. And once it's buried by something else that's come in that needs your attention, there's no way to prioritize or order uh, by date or anything. So um, I love my, this is a low-tech tool again, I love my accordion tickler file. It's a 43-tab uh, tickler file, and I've got a link to, to it in Amazon in the, in the notes. Um, I don't find these in the office supply stores. I don't know why they don't carry them. But it's a Smead brand. That's my favorite. And it's, it's called a desk file sorter, 43 tabs, 1 through 31, and January through December. And this is all in one accordion file. So when something comes in and decision number uh, four is to file it away for future uh, follow-up, you ask yourself two questions. The first question is, what's the next action I need to take? I'm going to use an example. You get a flyer in the mail for a conference that you are thinking of going to, and it's in six months, and you need to look at your budget. You need to look at other things on the calendar. You're not sure yet if you're going to go, but you're really interested. So you ask yourself, what is the next action I need to take? Well, I need to decide if I'm going to go, and when am I going to do it? Well, the early bird registration is um, you know, three months out, I'm going to put this in my tickler file for two months from now, and I'm going to start looking at it when it's four months out and you know, really start thinking about whether or not I want to commit to going to this. So, um, so you, you, know, you put it in your tickler. So this is April, so you put it in for June. You put it in the June tab. The end of May comes, you take everything out of June, and you put it in the 1 through 30. So I think there are 30 days in June. Um, so the 1 through 31 was May. Now you put it in 1 through 30, which is now June, and you put it in for the date that you choose to do it. And then there are two things you have to do in order for this to work. You have to put things in, and you have to take things out. 
<laughs> and I, I teach a webinar. It's called Buried in Paper. And in the Buried in Paper webinar, I go into much more detail about how to set this up. So the free webinar is on my website. I encourage you to um, participate in that if you'd like to um, learn more about that. So that's the first one is the accordion tickler file system. And there's a little more to it than what I described, but that's the gist of it. Um, another tool that I love is called Follow Up Then. And this is a powerful email reminder tool that reminds you of email when you want to follow up. So let's say that you receive an email and you need to do some, something with it, but you don't have time right now. So how will you remember to take the necessary action later? If you leave it in your inbox, a gazillion other things may come in and it gets buried and you forget about it. So I use this wonderful email reminder system to help me remember important follow-up at the right time. So here's how it works. When an email comes in, I hit reply and I delete who it came in from and I type whenever I want to receive the email back in my inbox as a follow-up reminder. For example, if I want it to come back to me on uh, April 24th, I type in April 24 at followupthen.com. Now you have to have an account set up for that to work, but once you've set it up and you put that in and you hit send, it's going to come back to me on April 24. If I want it to come in daily, I type in daily at followupthen.com, and I'm going to get it every day for the rest of my life until I hit cancel. So let's say that you have a, <laughs> a daily devotion or a daily, uh, maybe you're trying to change something up in your life and you want a reminder about something, or you want uh, some inspirational thing to hit your inbox every day. You can send that to yourself. You don't have to wait till someone else sends it to you. You can create a message to yourself, and you send it to daily at followupven.com, and every day it's going to come in. You can do weekly, monthly, uh, you know, whatever you want. There are so many different things you can put in there, and it's going to come back to you. So I love, love, love that tool, and I use it every day. And then the third tool is your calendar. Uh, you can schedule projects and reminders in your calendar just as you would appointments with other people. So I often offer another popular free webinar called Managing Priorities, which provides you with tools and tips to help you keep first things first in your professional and personal life and uh, helps you with managing your time around those priorities. So the calendar is you can put reminders in there of important things that you want to remember to follow up with on a particular date. Or you could write it down on a 3 by 5 card and stick it in your tickler file for the date when you want to follow up. Hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. I've never heard of follow-up then, and I'm totally going to check that out. I can, I can already imagine myself falling in love with that particular program. <laughs> and I've got yeah. a link to that in the notes. Um, just... It, just to make sure you get the web address correct because some people type in the wrong words and it doesn't come up, but um, we've got a link to that as well. Yeah, it's great. That sounds like a great service. Now, when you file things away, do you have a particular way that you file them? Do you file them alphabetically by project? Do you file them in a numbered file with a register somewhere else? How do you actually handle your filing? Well, I used to have an alphabetical, categorical filing system. And remember, I'm highly organized. I think I was born that way. Uh, but even as organized as I am, I used to have trouble finding things because I'm also very creative. 
So I would come up with a file name, and then six months later I'd go to look for that file and I couldn't find it because I couldn't remember what I called it. And that's the number one reason why people don't file things away. They're afraid they'll never find it, find it again. I was introduced to a tool called the Paper Tiger in 1996, yeah. and I uh, started using it. It took me about a month to get used to it because I was really mm-hmm. heavily entrenched in you've got to file like papers next to each other. You have all of your medical files and all of your legal files and all of your financial files. Well, so what happens when you're in a car accident and you have papers about your insurance um, that could be under financial, but you have papers about your neck injury that's under medical, and you have a lawsuit going, and that would be under legal. So if you just had a file called car accident and you had all those things in there, or you could have files in different areas, but if you are looking up the word car accident, and it is actually a database. It's a web-based program where you can look up a keyword and it finds everything in your database that has that keyword associated with it. comes up on the screen and you can quickly see which file it is that you're looking for. Another thing that I love about this is that if you share files with another person, uh, people you work with, a spouse, family members, everybody gets to be right. If my husband calls it auto insurance and I call it car insurance, we can have <laughs> right. both terms in the database. <laughs> and we don't have to argue over do we put it under A for auto or C for car. Uh, so I love the simplicity of it, and it makes it so easy for me to file things away. And I use it for a lot more than just paper. I uh, Three years ago, my husband's brother passed away at the age of 57, very unexpectedly, and uh, we inherited 45 boxes of things that moved from Rochester, New York, to Seattle, Washington. And we did mm-hmm. not have space for 45 boxes. My husband was grieving, and he wasn't ready to go through them. So those boxes resided in our living room and dining room for one year. And it was extremely mm-hmm. hard for me, but I let go of it. And a year later, I said, okay, honey, it's time. Let's slay the dragon. Let's go through this. We'll do it together. And he didn't want to get rid of most of the stuff. Uh, I would have had a different outcome, but, you know, he chose to keep Mm -hmm. most of the stuff. And so we took everything that was in these cardboard, moldy, dusty boxes that had been sitting in our living room for a year. We took everything out of those, and we... We organized them better because when I helped pack up the house in Rochester, we were literally just throwing things into boxes. We didn't have time to organize. Sure. Um, so we we organized things more thoughtfully. We got rid of some things, and we put them in a kind of Rubbermaid-type containers, and I put numbers on the containers. And then we built a shed on the side of our house. So the location name in the Paper Tiger is Shed. And we have shed one through 40, uh, 40 boxes in the shed that if he wants to find his brother's comic book collection, which he right. kept, uh, mm-hmm. he can type in comic and up comes, mm-hmm. I think we have two boxes of those. So it, And they may not be next to each other. It might be, box, it might be shed 27 and shed 32. 
but we know what boxes they're in. And he can go out to the shed, unlock it, and in numerical order around the shed are the boxes. And so five seconds or less is the guarantee, and it really does work. And I will, I, for a couple of years I tried another system that somebody else swore by. I hated it. I went back to the paper tiger, and I, I just haven't found anything else that doesn't break down over time like other systems do. So I'm very biased, but, uh, <laughs> it works. So I love the paper well, tiger. Well, I'm just going to plug paper tiger here, too, because before paper tiger, my husband and I, our very top number one argument was where is the blank? <laughs> and mm-hmm. this would send us into... This frenzied search for a piece of paper or a whatever. And uh, when I read the description by the founder of this Paper Tiger program, she said the most organized people are the ones that are the most likely to lose things. And it's exactly what you said, because we don't know if we filed it under car or auto or Jeep or accident or June 2016. Mm-hmm. All we know is that we did file it. <laughs> so yep. Then we go looking for it. But this system just... It is like you said. The initial the initial hit is pretty a pretty big hit time hit to get it all done. But once you're done, literally like the promise is, you can find any paper in 30 seconds or less, and it's really true. So if you don't know about Paper Tiger, check that out. But right now we are coming to the end of our program here. So you have one more suggestion for us because people have a reason for not putting things away. What's your suggestion? I'm I'm not following the train of your question, sorry. Okay. The, and I'm not sure either. I think we probably already covered it. But the last question we have on our on our handout for people is what solution do you suggest for the number one reason that people have for not putting things away? Oh, and that would be the paper tiger. I recommend paper tiger. Um, we just I see we just hit it first. Yep. Okay. I, I recommend that um, you implement it and I have a webinar. It's called Find Anything in Five Seconds or Less. And it basically demonstrates how that works. And uh, so you can, if you want help getting your system set up, I can help with that. I work entirely virtually now. I no longer go into people's homes or offices. I can help people get organized uh, by working virtually because Mm -hmm. most of organization is between your ears. And I can help you uh, make decisions. I can teach you methodologies. And what I encourage people to do is to find a helper. Again, you might barter this uh, or hire a high school student for the summer, whatever. Uh, Have somebody come in that is responsible, that can help you, because it's so much easier, um, whether you're implementing the paper tiger or you're, you know, going through and organizing things in a home or an office, it's just so much easier to have someone there to help you. With the paper tiger, if you have someone at the keyboard that is, you know, you're going through your papers, you've created the files ahead of time, so you have like reference one through a hundred, and the the person at the keyboard is um, looking up keywords and saying, oh, you already have a file for that. It's it's reference 27. So you say, okay, let's add these keywords to it. So you're training the system as you go. You're putting it in reference 27 while your helper's typing it in. It goes much, much faster that way. And it keeps you on task because how many people, let's say, <laughs> right. how many people love doing this? If you've scheduled time with another person to come in just for this purpose, you're much more likely to stay to the task and get it done. 
And once it's done, as you know, Marnie, (laughs) from your own personal experience, yes, there's work involved in getting it set up. But once it's done, it never breaks down over time. And anybody, if you get hit by a Mack truck tomorrow and someone has to come in and make sense of your stuff, they'll be able to find anything. I have my will in a fireproof box. You know, it'll say fireproof seven, will. I mean, you can find it, you know. It's it's just, it's easy for anybody to find anything. And um, I think that's important. Saves us time. And, you know, time is so important to us. It's such a precious commodity that we can't replace. Hmm. Love it, love it. Well, we have a couple minutes left, Kathy, before we're done here. if people, You've already mentioned several of the resources you have. It sounds like a great website. You guys need to get over to orgcoach.net and check it all out. There's a blog there. There's some, um, sounds like there's some free webinars there to take. What else are they going to find at your site? Well, if you go to the resources section, you'll see a section for webinars. And I actually have four webinars on that website. Uh, and all four of them, I think, would be applicable to your listeners. Uh, we've talked about buried in paper, and we've we've scratched on that today, but I go into more detail about how to actually set up a tickler file system, a reminder system. Uh, find anything in five seconds or less. We'll show you how the paper tiger works, and you can decide if it's something that makes sense for you to use, uh, not just for paper but for everything. Uh, a third one is managing priorities. I mentioned that earlier and uh, getting really clear about what's most important to you and then organizing your time around those priorities, learning how to say no to the things that don't fit within that. And as you said earlier, I say it all the time, every time I say yes to someone or something, I am in fact saying no to someone or something else. What do you choose to say yes and no to? It's that simple. But if you're not clear about that, you're going to mm-hmm. have a hard time managing your your time So, or managing how you use your time. You can't really manage time. It just ticks away. Uh, and then there's a fourth one that we haven't talked about today. Uh, it's called, uh, um, now I've blanked, <laughs> uh, relationship marketing. And uh, for business professionals, it's all about the relationship and I have some tips in there for ways that you can uh, really build solid, meaningful relationships with important people in your life, whether that's personal or professional. Uh, So those are Mm. the four webinars. I've got lots of free tips. There's a section called Tips and Tools. And I've got um, online resources if you're looking for, for resources from other websites. I've got lots of websites in there that... um, are are good for the types of things that I uh, that I teach, and um, and then last but not least, if you'd like to connect with me by phone for a 30-minute strategy session, uh, you can go to orgcoach that's o-r-g coach dot net forward slash schedule, and that will take you to my time trade link that will show you my availability. Now, I am going to Japan on Monday. I'll be gone for two weeks, so you won't see anything available for those two weeks. Uh, but you can go in and have a look and schedule yourself for um, for a, a phone conversation, and we can uh, look at some things together and see what's going to best support you. 
Awesome. You guys got to go check it out over at orgcoach.net. Kathy, fantastic. Thank you for being here today. And thank you, Marnie, for having me. It's been a pleasure. And thank you guys for being here. We just can't have a show without listeners. And once again, you put us on the front page of Blog Talk Radio, as we do every single week. Thank you for that. Thank you to all of those who listen afterwards and in the archives around that web, as well as those of you who host the show on your site. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. And we will see you again next time. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.